0: Voila, just like clockwork, just like the old days. Here comes the music.
1: Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell
0: we go with the music ending and the show starting and it's the thursday edition i think it's today thursday i believe it is thursday yes, the 8th. It is. i just man they all, all blend. you know when you work every day as i'm doing now just, they all blend okay so anyway here we are on the thursday edition uh, september the 8th almost halfway into september already Whew. flies doesn't it and uh, of course, Roger sails with your host and bottle washer and staff and technician and all the other things I do around here Uh at the Radio Ranch on the Eurofolk Radio Network. Or if you're listening on a podcast later or whatever, we're glad you're with us. Um, wow. Okay. Well, my voice a little better today, Dan. I took your advice and started dumping a little lemon juice in my water. Probably. Uh, uh, late afternoon or something, and it hopefully it helped. Anyway, it seems like it's a little bit stronger today, so uh, that's good. It's hard to be a teacher and a radio guy with with your voice, you know, being foobar. So, uh, anyway, hopefully that's under the bridge. We'll continue to see about that. My knee's a little bit better today, that's good. Um, I guess the first thing to start out with is an email that I received this morning from one of our good listeners and it's called the straight uh, it's called something about the straight talk about David straight and it's a guy on a TikTok channel and uh, I sent it to Murmur are you with us yet okay well she will be Um, I want to put it in the chat I'm going to put it at the end of the show description today because this needs to get out All right. And it's a a gal that had a pretty close involvement with Mr. Strait. I don't I didn't get from the video what the charges were. But she was in court for something and was facing 20 years. And, uh, she got a hold of, came, came cross paths with David Strait and studied for hours and hours. And she tells her story on there. I'm not going to try and tell her story because I can't remember. I've only seen it once. But it, but wasn't very, wasn't very much of it either favorable or good. Okay, and she was not real complimentary about Mr. Straight and uh, saying that he's basically a charlatan going around just getting money, giving seminars to get people to pay to get money. I know one thing she said. He's from Bend, Oregon, I guess. And um, his ex-wife, one of the reasons she divorced him is because he wouldn't work. He, he went, All he wanted to do was go out and get paid to do seminars. Uh, and she goes through her court story of facing the judge and having to get a public defender and all the things she went through. Uh, and uh, it's just like I've sensed for a long time, just from some of his information, that, uh, you know, the guys, there's something wrong there. And my, I don't ever, anybody ever heard David Stray on a radio show?
2: Nope. I actually used to study his method. I've got a bunch of videos. That's why I've taken the time to discern the information to make sure I'm doing the things right.
3: Right. Good.
0: Well, I'm glad you found us. Um, this poor lady, I mean, her story, is, and he would take her around after her court thing, and she finally, through the public defender and her own efforts, of, uh, when she goes to get appointed to the public defender and she starts asking him, "Should who pays you? That's irrelevant. Who pays you? the same people that pay the prosecutor and then she used something else and evidently she got that taken care of i think they dropped it to a class a misdemeanor i'm not sure even what the charges were okay but uh... she wasn't real explicit and this guy didn't have a whole bunch of time to interview her because he only had so much time set up on his TikTok account I don't, I don't know what i mean i can imagine what that is but i don't know all the specifics uh... but uh... <laughs> this video needs to be spread around especially you folks that have come from some sort of uh, David Strait, other people that you know, or one of his seminars or something. I'm going to get Murr to put it in the chat uh, when she gets here. I sent it to her. Uh, well, Roger,
4: that's the video I told you about yesterday.
0: Oh, is it? On TikTok? Yeah. Is that- I, I
4: watched yeah, well, I watched on YouTube. I watched the whole thing.
2: Oh, it's it, it is. I, it Twitter. is. A,
0: it is on YouTube. You're right, but it came from TikTok. Well, Mike, once you give me, I, I I just saw it this morning. I was doing all my morning stuff in between, so I didn't get to concentrate as much as I'd like. Once you tell tell the audience what your take was on it. Uh,
4: David Drake's full of shit. He uh he went to court with her first time,
1: and it, it screwed her out. It screwed it all up. She finally went in there and did her own stuff and got it knocked down. And then he would take her on tour and uh, only tell half the story. When she started telling the story about uh, how he screwed her over, he cut her off. Yeah. He he was a flyer. I'm
0: going to interrupt you for a second. She gives the example there at the last or some uh, seminar they were doing in Utah. And, he said he was going to fly her out there, fly her back, and pay her her, her room and board and stuff. And I, She had to buy her own ticket back. Uh, and he'd let her get up in front of the class and tell the front part of the story. But when it got to the point where she went to the public defender, he'd b- take a break for lunch and say, we'll cover this when we get back. And he wouldn't put her on the stage when they got back from lunch. So uh, it, it's as I've suspicion for a long time this guy's a charlotte and listen one of the things is real dead giveaway i'm going to ask question again has anybody ever heard david straight on a radio show being interviewed not one of you no
5: no nope. that, that's a de- that's
0: a dead giveaway right there okay uh so anyway we'll get it posted and get myrrh in here so all y'all have access to it what uh I could probably go over and get the title of it on YouTube, but I'm going to get Murr to post it. and
6: uh, It's posted already three times.
0: Oh, has it been? Okay, fantastic. Yeah, there's a
6: it, lot of people that are into that.
0: All right, well, then I'm going to also put it at the end of today's show description on uh, CastBox so the folks in the podcast world uh, get get absorbed of this. And I would encourage you, if you've come from or know people that are involved in these David Strait groups around the country, okay, please, tr- please try and get this information to them. Okay this guy's teaching bad information. He appears to me to be a charlatan, okay? Just another Tim Turner, another all these PAY triots that have been out there over all these years and there've been a bunch of them, okay? These guys aren't don't have a, a, an exclusive on this by any means. But uh so that's worth putting out there. And uh hopefully we can maybe salvage some folks from uh yeah, from this guy. Yeah, Mike.
3: There's a guy on TikTok, his, uh, his title is uh, State Nationals Rock, and he was talking about him, him going
1: to court. And I keep telling him, why are you going to court? If you're a national, you shouldn't be in court. Well,
0: they, the can't, they can't charge you with anything because you, you're not in their jurisdiction,
7: see?
3: I, mean, I keep telling and, him, why are you using your own terms? Use the terms that the State Department uses, and they don't want to listen. You know, I mean...
0: I've been fighting this for 30 years in the Patriot movement, folks. 30 years. Okay. And it's just, I just throw my hands up and walk away anymore when you get these people right there that won't listen. Well, you, you, Mike, you fulfilled your biblical obligation. You told them they didn't listen. The blood's on their hands. Pardon me for knocking the lighter on the table. Uh, they didn't listen. The, uh, the blood's on their hands. Okay uh and so that's the motivation of me being here i want to tell you all the truth and i don't want any blood on my hands unless it's our enemies i wouldn't mind having some of theirs on my hands uh but um but that's uh that's that's the reason for this and uh, roger yes sir yeah is that joe
3: yeah that's joe hey joe so when i when i started this thing a while back um you know i was kind of I I'd had nowhere to go, nowhere to look, and I found David Street stuff, right? Right. And I'm a very uh meticulous person when it comes to, like, you're going to tell me something? I'm going to look it up and find out about it. And my problem with him was that I couldn't find a damn thing to back up what this guy was saying. Like Never. There's some things that he would say. I was like, oh, okay, that's true. I see that. But I'm like, where the hell did all this stuff come from? I couldn't find anything. Yep. Uh, I'd say mostly everything he said I couldn't verify. And he's like just saying things and he talks about air jurisdiction and water jurisdiction. I'm like, I, where is this written? And, um, you know, I, you know, thank God that, uh, Kay, you know, uh, brought your, me to you. Yeah. Thank goodness her grandchild
0: was your guitar student, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah. And that's a that's a reason I try and keep this as simple as possible. And I always give you somewhere to go look to check it up, and I encourage you to do so, okay? Not only for the credibility, but because when you go look at something, it's not some guy told me on the radio, it's I saw. See, and and the phrase I used to use a lot, don't use it too much anymore, I guess, don't know why, is you make the information yours. It's not Rogers anymore, it's yours because you looked at it, Okay. And uh, you notice the other night on uh, John B. Wells, I mentioned out of that whole time, I'm, I didn't mention one statute. I didn't mention one regulation. And I only mentioned two Supreme Court cases. And that was just in passing as a description, because what I found is when you start throwing, you know, it sounds good to have all these statutes and regulations and these numbers and all that crap uh, memorized and you are throwing them out but when you do that yet people's eyes glaze over because most people don't have any familiarity with the legal system and all this stuff and you're throwing statutes and regulations and all that stuff I try not to do it you know it's when we get into the depth and you're trying to uh, dig down and look at something specifically it's a necessity obviously but uh, you'll notice in that whole hour and a half with John B. Wells I only mentioned two supreme court cases and then only in passing and briefly and dwelled more on Plessy v. Ferguson than Wong Kim Ark because Plessy is just a damned interesting case man I mean you know that's one thing about going back over and you get involved in this and you start looking at court cases man they're interesting some of the scenarios that brought these things to trial and the revolve around these incidents are just fascinating and Plessy Honestly, Plessy is the most intriguing one I think I've ever stumbled on. And it's so key to everything that's going on. And you never heard one other patriot researcher bring that case out. Never. Once. Never. Because they don't understand what's happening and what's going on. And they can't go to that and point at it as a pivotal, pivotal decision. It validated the Jim Crow laws to the point where Plessy was one Tenth black. One-tenth. I learned something last night. I was watching a little bit more of this uh, facts and myths or myths and facts or whatever that continuing. That's a very good series. You can get it on YouTube. I'll go get the exact title for you in a second here. But, But I think it's myths and facts. If it's not, it's facts and myths. I can get dialectic about this stuff. Uh, so, um, I did not know, uh, and he was covering the segments I was watching last night were about the civil war period of time. Holy smokes, man. These, these people back then, we were loaded with communists back then. I mean, loaded with these bastards out of Germany and the communist movement over there. Generals guy that, that rode in Lincoln's first inaugural parade, and Lincoln named his son after this guy. And when he came from Germany, first place he moved was to a communist commune. And I can't remember all the people that that were surrounding him, but man, it, they, they were they had infiltrated this thing back in back in the eighteen forties, eighteen fifties. Okay, to to a ridiculous extent, all these big players were involved. Uh, Surratt, does that name ring a bell, Surratt? He was the guy whose mother they held the meetings of the Golden Knights or the Golden Circle or whatever that John Wilkes Booth was a part of that assassinated Lincoln. And he, they he, they hung his mother, Surratt, and he bolted to, um, uh, to Europe, and they caught him over there and brought him back in Italy, I think. And who was his close confidant? Judah P. Benjamin traitor jew from the south okay so anyway the uh the interesting fact that i picked up about that last night that i didn't know you know the civil war they wouldn't let the southern states secede right well after they won they seceded them they kicked them out of the union and wouldn't let them in unless they passed the 14th amendment they kicked the southern states out of the union that they had supposedly fought to contain and then wouldn't let them back in until they voted the 14th Amendment ratified. And the 14th Amendment was not, and this guy went into a little bit of detail on it, New Jersey, Joe, New Jersey, you'll be proud of Jersey. They tried to withdraw their uh, their ratification. They wouldn't let them. Uh, and there was one other state, and I don't remember which one it was. But uh, they, the guy said, they didn't technically get the Fourteenth Amendment ratified till years. He didn't say how many. Till years later, after the conflict, and after they had, it's about like the Sixteenth Amendment with the uh, oh, who's Secretary of State? Uh, uh, he, he has such an unusual name, Pilferer. Uh, I can't believe my, I guess I'm getting old because I can't recall all that stuff as much as I could. Philander Knox, Secretary of State Philander Knox.
8: So, Roger, if they were wanting to secede, why didn't they just not ratify us and leave themselves?
0: Because they'd they'd taken the states over with military governments in the Reconstruction.
4: And really you know, know
0: and what and what happened? And I i- heard, I remember hearing this years ago. If they wouldn't uh, uh, ratify the Fourteenth Amendment, they went in and got a whole bunch of carpet baggers and and new federal citizens and stuff in the legislatures. And if they wouldn't ratify the Fourteenth Amendment, they burned down the law libraries. So. Lots of crap revolving around that. I, I would uh, I would encourage you, if you want to look into this a little bit more, there's a real good resource on my Sovereign2Surf.com website over there in the references. There's a talk given years ago by Dr. Robert Livingston, who was one of the guys that founded the League of the South and uh, now w- left there with some of his buddies and started the Abbeville Institute which you can find a ton of their stuff on YouTube. They got a channel over there with a lot of very distinguished and, uh, researchers and historians that give different talks on different aspects. But this particular talk with Dr. Robert Livingston that's over on the site is about this 14th amendment in the post-war period. And I remember him saying, (coughs) it's been years since I've listened to it. Excuse me. That, um, there were a lot of new federal citizens or another new blacks, black citizens in the states that were so against everything they were doing that they'd vote against it. He, they'd vote against the feds even as new federal citizens in the states. Uh, so it's a very interesting time period. And the more you learn and understand and the more we know now, it's easy to look back and, and, and get, especially now that we know what the end game and you can see how these two amendments work together that uh, the whole Civil War was fought to get these things in the Constitution. And what's the real dead giveaway about those two, 13th and 14th, working together, is the two-pronged test in the 14th Amendment. The first prong, they took care of with fraud. All persons born are naturalized in the United States. Well, that's legal persons, and that means you get your rights from the 14th Amendment and know your duties. So that they take care of with the fraudulent bankruptcy down the line okay and then the second clause is and and subject to the jurisdiction thereof so there's a two-part legal test there you got to be born or natural i got to be a legal person under the 14th amendment born or naturalized in the united states which they knew 100 years later they'd take over the states so that incorporated the federal part okay and then the second clause the test if you will that's how they go through you know if you're studying law and they they well there's a two or three prong test here and they go through these criteria that make whatever it is you're dealing with valid and that's the same thing here there's a who's sending me messages you'd think you'd think somebody would know i was on the air you wouldn't matt uh so there's a There's a two-pronged legal test there, and the second one is the second clause, and. It doesn't say are, subject. It says and subject, so there's a variable. And so, subject, and then what's the two questions they're going to ask you 100 years later? Are you a citizen of the United States, or are you a resident? And there they are, right there in the third part of the 14th Amendment. They knew. They knew. They had to know. They didn't just come up with those questions out of their rear ends, okay? And they didn't have the implication of you answering those questions, yes, and tying you back into the second test of the 14th amendment when they'd already taken the first part over with fraud. I mean, look, this is planned out a long time ago. I, it, it is amazing to me. The deeper I get into this, and I've been, as you guys know, I've been in it many years. The deeper I get into this, the more I can see that this whole thing was planned all the way back to the 1850s. And the more information I get, the more convinced I am. But I think you can take that first clause of the Fourteenth Amendment. Now that we know what we know, and show absolutely to your own satisfaction, okay? Because I've educated enough of you where you can see this, okay? That those two questions at the back end of the Fourteenth Amendment, and then they hid resident in the where the state wherein they reside. You know, I remember um, the uh, late Ralph, Ralph Winthrop. And, uh, of course, Ralph didn't want to listen to any of this stuff. He's one of those people who had blinders on, okay? And, uh, which, good or bad, whatever, I guess, with what he was doing. But it seems like if he's going to help a lot more people, he would have opened up a little bit. Regardless, he was saying the term resident has nothing to do with this stuff. And Daryl was new, relatively new back then. And I remember him telling us that he called into Ralph's show one day. And and he said, read the 14th Amendment. And he'd been going over this residence has no meaning. And he reads the 14th Amendment and that last clause, the state wherein they reside. And Daryl said there was just total silence. Okay? They've, they've hidden this stuff really well. Really well. And, again, it's not that I'm br- so brilliant or any of that stuff. I would never have been able to do what I've accomplished had it not been for the teachings of John Benson he knew all this stuff and the key ralph, element here ralph had,
8: a, ralph had a tough kink there that he just couldn't quite well get he, out, he
0: right? just couldn't he, he had he had his kink well here's his here was ralph's problem to understand this you've got to be able to think like our enemies think and ralph couldn't or wouldn't do that He would not take the blinders off, and you see, you can't think like we think and look at these statues with all this chicanery in them and come away when you see these words that you don't even understand the definitions, the implications of, and read them into some kind of a law or regulation the way your mind works. You can't do that. That's why we've never made any progress, quite frankly. Okay? Okay. So anyway, it's again, you've got to learn to think like your enemy. It's hell, this is ain't new. It goes back to Sun Tzu. I mean thousands of years ago. Before Jesus, I think. Okay. So that's the key. And the big the big advantage I've had is that I was taught law, real law, and I knew it was the feudal system we're dealing with. Now I gotta tell you honestly, I didn't understand how they'd gotten to that until john and glenn edited my book and and john put it in there about just Sanguinius and just tierra, which are the two ways that uh, hereditmen are passed and i made the connection then but that's how they're doing it uh so anyway who's that Who, hey, roger yes sir hey this is wayne hey wayne good to hear from you man how you been
5: pretty good sir pretty good yeah, i was going to bring this up yesterday but it um uh It looks like one of David Strait's students made the front page of the uh, Dallas Morning News this past Monday. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And what it turns out to be is uh, uh, the fellow went to court for a couple traffic tickets and ended up being uh, set up for charges, uh, federal charges, for lying on a a firearms form. But as the story unfolds, you know, this writer blends in sovereign citizen, QAnon, American national, This guy called himself a Blackfoot Indian. So it just looked like he threw a David Strait, uh, you know, uh, haymaker on these people. and He got slam dunk. And uh, what it looks to me like, uh, and I'll post this story. The guy, number one, didn't know who he was. He never weaponized his affidavits to the proper authorities and uh, basically didn't stay in his lane by using terms like we're familiar with and and the way you've taught us. So uh, the way the story reads is pretty good because. If the media's picking up on this, it's this front-page story. It seems to me like a lot of us are over the target. We just need to be very careful how we approach this well, stuff.
0: Well, I think what they're doing is taking examples like this of this guy and blowing it up and putting things like American National in there, see, and uh, uh, trying to taint what we're doing with these people's actions who don't know what they're doing, all right? Because, look, that's a, they got no defense for this. They got no defense for it. They stand mute. This is the only thing they can do is send out bluff letters, threaten you like they did with Shane with a $5,000 frivolous filing penalty, or start smearing you and diluting the, the water, making everybody's water muddy. Okay. And that's why I come back and I'm such a stickler on, no, you're not a state national. No, you're not an American national. They use two terms in all of their statutes and regulations, national and US national. Use those terms. Using their terms with the definition, trouble, and time they've gone to to pin this thing down and hide it, using those terms is the key to the matrix. Trying to, to add your own crap to it, it, it is not the key to the matrix. They're not going to recognize stuff like American national, state, national. They've gone to an awful lot of trouble to get state citizen out of the damn laws. And our people want to put it back in there. I'm, explain it to me. You know, I guess the only explanation I've got is out of the Bible where God says we're a stiff-necked people. My God, is that a correct statement? Okay, no, I've done all this study in all these years. I made all this sacrifice. I'm a state national. Okay, you want to do that? Go ahead. I'm going to give you logic. I'm going to give you facts. I'm going to give you accurate history. I'm going to show you how the, all this fits together. But you go use your own damn terms, okay? It's ridiculous.
5: Yeah, Roger. Well, Mr. Se- yeah, based on what I saw. yeah, hold
0: on a second. I'll get to the female in a second. Go ahead, Wayne.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, based on what I saw, this fellow came out of, like, the south side of Fort Worth, and that's exactly David Strait territory, because I know a lot of the guys that went that direction, and uh, I tried to tell him, and I think Jeff and I met a couple <laughs> of them, too, where, you know, the stuff that Strait's doing with this long um, affidavit and everything, and plus they were charged, He's charges a lot of money to, to file this stuff, and I and I was trying to tell him it's not going to work out because there's too many loopholes in this paperwork, so... Just another word to the wise and all this stuff.
0: Yep, we're trying. Who was the lady who was trying to say, Mister Sales?
8: Oh, that was uh, I'm uh, Denise Neal. I'm I... new to this information. I heard you with John B. the other
0: night. Oh, hey Denise. Well, welcome. Okay, I'm glad you found us. Okay. you're the you're the first person from from the caravan thing that showed up on our board over here. So I welcome you. Where where are you from, Denise? Well, thank
8: you. I'm, I live in Dallas. Well, actually, Garland.
0: Okay. Well, I got several. The guy you just talking, Wayne, is in Dallas. We got another very good student. He's not with us today. He's in some kind of a meeting. Jeff, and we got Surrey, and we got a couple people in your area there for you. Okay. Uh,
8: Mr. Sales, I need to talk to you.
0: Okay. Well, I hold on. Hold on, you, Denise. I, I want. I want. Let, we need to get something straight. Mr. Sales is my father. I'm Roger. Oh, okay, <laughs> Roger. Please
8: to meet you. Nice to meet you.
0: I'm I'm glad to have you on board, Denise. Denise. How can we help you? If you're new, then you're getting a drink of water out of a fire hydrant.
8: Yes, I am. Now, uh, I've got a unique situation. It's a very quick answer, probably a quicker question and a quicker answer. Okay. I'm I'm very disabled with multiple sclerosis. sclerosis. I live in a state...
0: Nursing home. You, you wrote me, in, I, I got a, I got an email. I got an email from you last night, didn't I? Yes, yes. I, I answered you, didn't I? Uh, I
8: haven't seen my email yet today.
0: Uh, okay, well, I've got. I think you get an answer from me in there. But go ahead, and I'm real sorry for your situation.
8: Well, I just, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't be a national if they're going to say I can't live in this nursing home. I need full time care.
0: Twenty-four-seven. Okay. Right. Well, let me answer your question this way, Denise. This is basically okay. what I told you in the email too. What we're fringing over here is on benefits, on the word benefits. Okay. okay. And uh and I understand where what you're doing could be construed as a benefit, but yet you accessed it through your Social Security account, did you not? Yes. Okay. I think you're covered, okay? And this is just an area we haven't had a lot of experience with, okay, at this point. But I will tell you this, as I told you in the email, and I say on here frequently, I think I mentioned it on, uh, on Caravan the other night. I've been helping people do this in one way, shape, or form since I found the answer. I've been trying to teach this for 30 years. But the first 15 years of it, I, I was really revolved around the tax part of it and i knew i needed to go here but i never could figure it out because they keep changing the labels on the concepts in other words they take this this national concept of a state citizen and they relabel it all these different labels okay and our people don't understand the conceptual approach to this they want to chase the words and they go chase all these labels instead of ch- understanding the concepts, and that's why we teach concepts here. Because you know it's like a young child. If you give a young child a, a puzzle with ten, twelve pieces on it, and give him one with fifteen hundred pieces, which one you think he's going to put together first? Okay, I mean it's that simple. All right. So that was that's the, one of their tricks that's been very effective. Well, once I come came to understand that, you come back and teach this national thing and so uh I, I that's a that's a work in progress over 30 years all right but about 11 and a half years ago is when i really got my arms around the basics of what we're doing now and i've improved and under come to under more understandings constantly all right but in that 11 and a half years denise i have no idea how many people have filed this paperwork all right Mo- virtually very few of them come to me and ask questions all right they just do it all right and so i i know that i don't know who's done it but i do know that if anybody had done it and they had any kind of a backlash like you're talking with about here any kind of a backlash in their life because they filed this paperwork where is that is that in your background denise that noise
8: Yeah, yeah it's not, Okay, oh, well, that. Well, that's okay. Crying I just wanted
0: to know where it was coming from. If it was somebody else, I was going to get them to mute, okay? So I do know that in 11 and a half years of teaching people this, I've never gotten one phone call from one person that had any aspects of their lives disrupted because they filed this paperwork, okay? Now, let's take your situation particularly. You got MS, you got, have 24-hour care. You're in a home. If they kicked you out of that because you changed status, do you think that would get any publicity potentially? See, they don't want this in the light. They've gone to great lengths to hide this, and part of the feeling of, that I have without being directly able to answer your question, yes or no, is the fact that I think they're so scared of this that they don't want to take a chance to bring it into any kind of public forum where this, these issues are brought up and discussed. Okay? So I would tell you that in 11 and a half years, not one person has ever reported to me any negative backlash in their lives because they filed this paperwork. And, see, then you've got them also because now we understand that these are the same statuses. And I know I haven't had a chance to get into this on, on, on John's show, okay? But we did touch on it the other night, and it hooked him. See, when I brought that State Department document out, and it says all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals, Right. And, it hit, and I asked him those questions. Did you know you had to do a dual political status? Have you ever been asked if you were a national? And his comment, I remember, was, I've never been asked that question. Okay, And so these are equal statuses, which they had to do this behind the scenes to be able to pull this off. And what they did was get rid of Jim Crow. We're separate but equal, and they made them both the same. So all you're doing is changing from one equal status to the other equal status. So I've got to tell you, honestly, I don't believe there would be any
7: repercussions from you doing this. I think Denise is muted. Uh, Denise, press star six. Come yourself.
0: back. You, you could have had the noise on, sweetie. I mean, I understand your situation, so I wasn't going to fuss at you. But but people, you know, have ambient background noise here occasionally, and it just distracts from the communication we're trying to have here. So, yes. Den- Denise, did you get that, sweetie? Undo your mute and come back with us, please.
7: Press star six. I think someone else muted her. I don't
0: think she did. Well, Denise, when uh, you know when you can get get at Star Six and come back with us, I want to continue the discussion. But my answer, I, I'll, Roger, I'll, yeah.
8: I think she was going to say that I think maybe an aide was in there, so maybe she can't. Write okay, this all right. In
0: well, we'll, well, she'll come back with us, I'm sure. Well, I'm glad she called in today, and uh, her her email really touched me I, uh, when when I heard it, uh, when I read it, and. Uh, you know, I hear these horror stories from folks. I mean, people want to write me an email and tell me their life story. You know, and and it just breaks my heart. It's hard for me to read because they give multi paragraphs and stuff. But it breaks my heart all these situations. You know, these people that here's a these ex military guys that have been you know served in the military for twenty years and they're in 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 federal prison for income tax crap. It breaks my heart. Okay. Denise, are you back? Uh, no, okay. Well, she'll yet. come. Well, listen. When you get when you're able, you just come back in and say, "Hey, Roger," and we'll uh, continue that. I'm I'm real sorry for your situation. I wish I could help. Obviously. So, uh, but I don't think there'd be any backlash for you. That's I can't guarantee it, but the track record says no. Okay. And the, it, we're we're so close to their whole system going down that. There's no telling what kind of chaos people are going to be facing, especially people in Denise's situation. I'm sorry to say. So, who uh, who else we got this morning? Anybody else from the uh, Roger, caravan? Can you amid? hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello.
9: I'm, in, I'm not sure how this works. I, my name's Jay from L.A. I spoke to you a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think uh, I remember Jay my had passed and right. was trying to right. Um, I I've been trying to get back in with you. I've never called this number. I I tried. Um, I tried the number on your website. Okay, Jay, hold on hold,
0: hold on. Jay, on so hold on, I, you, Jay. Hold hold on. Jay, hold on. Are you on a cell phone? Yeah,
9: I'm here. Yes.
0: Okay. I want you to. This is how you get on easy and better. Okay. You okay. got a You got a pencil and paper. Uh huh. All right. I want you to go to your Play Store and find an app named Jitsi Meet. two words, J-I-T-S-I, second word, M-E-E-T, okay? Download the app, open it, and in the search, you want to write P-P-N Studio, all one word, P-P-N Studio, and hit enter, and you joined us digitally. You won't have to dial all those numbers, okay? Now, for the people in the audience, we'll go over the second way. If you're on a computer, open up a new browser tab and type this in the, in the field. Meet M E E T, meet M E E T dot J I T dot S I front slash PPN studio m-e-e-t dot j-i-t dot s-i front slash ppn studio hit enter and you'll join us that way too digitally okay so jay let's go back to you so that's how you can improve that and make it easier for yourself
9: okay thank you so much yeah
0: so what 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 can we do um, you for i
9: just I've just been following up. I I've been trying to reach. Um, I like think I told you I started Brent. an LLC. And right. I also, I mean, in, I'm inheriting some money from my brother who passed, and before I do, uh, before I finish all the paperwork, as you outlined, I had wanted to just speak with the lawyer and make sure that nothing would happen. And uh, I reached, I followed up with Brent, but I still haven't been able to reach him. Well, he's a J. Jay. You know else? Who no, might be able uh, no, to
0: no, I don't. I don't know any attorneys you can go to right off the bat. And Brent Brent's a real busy guy and he's got all kinds of stuff going on. I'm I I I I, I sent him a little note to look for an email from you. Okay? So, I other than that, yes. I'll tell you what you can do though. You can call in tomorrow.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And he'll be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you go get oh, okay. your Jitsi, uh, you go get your time? well, same time. You go get your Jitsi app okay. loaded and get this set up where we can understand you because people are, we don't have as good a fidelity through the phone lines, okay, as we do digitally. Oh, okay. And you can call in and ask him that tomorrow, okay? okay? Or Thanks else so you can God. say, I'm Jay and I'd like to talk to you and give him the specifics. And rather than go into a lot of that specifically to you on this and your situation here, at least we'll put you two together, okay?
9: okay thank you so much
0: yeah you're welcome what questions you just want to make well see you get into all this inheritance and all that stuff and you're outside of my pay grade i wouldn't want to be giving you any kind of advice because i don't want it to cost you on something that i may not know because i don't have a lot of familiarity in that area okay at least not to the point where you're inheriting large sums of money and stuff but i do think that if you get this paperwork filed, you'll be able to avoid any taxation that would come to you had you not filed it and gotten this uh, these windfalls, if you will.
9: Okay, yeah, I I did, it was mostly about the inheritance stuff and. The- how it would affect in my LLC and the businesses that I set up. It won't have it won't I'm have it won't have any change, it
0: won't have any effect on those cuz those are pass through corporations. You're going to be an individual that doesn't have any tax responsibilities. All the money that comes in through an LLC or a subchapter S or a trust or any other entity you may use pass through to you and you don't have any tax obligations. They if they've got cuz those entities file you know, corporations and trusts. The IRS treats a trust like a corporation, okay? And so, but as long as you're passing it through to you and you've got your game straight, there won't be any tax obligation there.
6: Hey, Roger, this is John.
0: Okay. Hey, John. Um, hey, okay, hold, Hey, how you doing, John? Are you new? Your voice sounds new.
6: I, I am new. You and I have exchanged a couple of emails. Oh, okay. Um, a few days ago. But, okay. Uh, yeah, actually, I've been... Thanks to a good friend of mine. He turned me on to uh, to you and, and your work. So I've been um, going through archives for many, many weeks. I purchased your book, and so I've read it a couple of times. So I, uh, I really didn't want to join up on the live call until I had a pretty solid understanding okay. of the, the basis of what you're teaching. So I, pre- I appreciate that.
0: I, can I tell you right now, I appreciate that. I, I don't mind people calling in here asking questions. That's what we're here for. But I appreciate what you've done to get here. So anyway, because I, I preach, but learn the information, learn the information, learn the information. It's the critical part of everything that we do and everything that we may do in the future. You got to learn the information.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. appreciate you uh, enabling everybody to kind of make it their own. And that's the most important thing um well so this prompted a question that i had in and i'm um, thinking back now you get a lot of email, john before you the, get the started
0: before you, before you launch into this sure. let me stop you and i'm sorry to do that what part of florida are you in
6: i'm in georgia and i'm in Alpharetta.
0: are you oh okay all right well i used to live up there i lived up there for a few years i lived in the atlanta area yeah. for 30 so
6: yeah i remember you referencing marietta
0: my wife that died had a huge consignment store just down there where I forget what bridge road crosses it. Roswell road for it turns to Alfreda highway right down there. She had the second. Yeah, probably she had the second highest rated consignment store in the city of Atlanta. Oh, nice. Yeah. She had real Christian gals. She had a real Christian clientele and, uh, it was very, very interesting couple of years. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
6: Oh, sure. No, 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 not at all. Uh, so this subject kind of prompted one of the questions I had. Now, I remember in the course of listening to some of your archived radio shows, um, a W-8-B-E-N file was was mentioned. Uh, it really didn't resonate to me at the time because I was not very far in this process, but I remember hearing about it.
0: Well, W-8, I didn't know if it well, trying- came up again just in the last day or two, W-8-B-E-N. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I didn't know if anybody could kind of, uh, shed a little light on the, the use of that or if you've got, you know, if there's somebody that specializes in that that you would rather let what, them speak to. Uh, well,
0: I'm, we can open it up on the forum. That's the beauty of what we have here is there's a lot of other educated folks that have that type of information. And we got some people. I don't remember who brought it up, but it's been discussed on here recently a bunch. Let me ask you your question. What, a uh, couple of questions. What's your work situation?
6: Uh, so I own my own S corp and I W two myself, so I'm an employee uh, of my own you, Oh,
0: that's right. Okay, I remember. Well, once you, uh, if you file this affidavit, just give yourself the money and uh, you, you notify the IRS, of course, and stuff, and uh, you should be pretty clear.
6: So I sent the the, the standard uh, cover letter and notification with a copy of the affidavit off to the IRS as you've outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, And I wasn't sure, like, if this W-8 form then was also necessary or optional. Well, let's poll the audience. Anybody got
0: any good knowledge of this B-E-N? Joe, didn't you have a a bunch of information on this?
3: I'm sorry. I was in the conversation. What was that?
0: W-8-B-E-N.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. The W-8-B-E-N, that's the form that a non-resident alien is to use when they go to a job to – Instead oh. of using a w four okay well, you may want to file that
0: with your with your uh, corporation with okay. your sub chapter s John okay, along right, so with please. a copy or affidavit, let me tell you what you 're doing here most you 've got you own your own company okay, but most companies that people work for they 're not going to fight your i r s battle for you they they 're more scared of them than you are okay and so That is the – you want to give the company a copy of the affidavit and might tell the company you're tax-exempt from federal taxes so that if the IRS comes to them, oh, look, this guy gave us this. Well, you've already put the IRS on notice. Now you've put the company on notice. They give that document to the IRS. The IRS is SOL. (coughs) Do you understand that? Okay.
6: Well, I'm understanding more now, yes. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So what else can we help you with, John? How would you find us? Well, a friend of yours told you about
6: us. Yeah, so a friend of mine, he's, uh, you know, I think he he happened to find you on either, you know, some other person's show. uh, show. And uh, so I think he's been following you for a while. Have you taken uh, him
0: out to lunch yet? yet?
6: (laughs) I certainly will. He and I are lifelong friends. We went to high school together, but we don't see each other very often uh, anymore. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely at least
0: you might want to it's take him watch. down, you might want to take him down yeah. to the, to get him to take you or take him to the coach in six or something,
6: <laughs> yeah, so well, hey, I did have one thing that I thought would be uh kind of helpful information, so I was listening to uh someone else uh, that has a YouTube channel that kind of talked about this subject, and one of the things that they had mentioned um that kind of made me aware of it. Was go out to uh, Lexus Nexus site and request a copy of your public, or actually that's not public, your your consumer record file. Right. Um, and so it kind now of,
0: let me uh, you you say LexisNexis. LexisNexis Nexus is a subscription service that attorneys use, like Westlaw. Do you have to get? Do you have yeah. to get through the paywall to get that?
6: So they much like the oh, credit. Re- credit reporting bureaus they will offer you one copy per year free. Oh really? And, I mean like most people you don't even know it exists but it prompted my interest because I know LexisNexis is just a big collector holder of data on everything right, right? and then they right. fell it back out. So I just googled uh LexisNexis uh uh consumer uh what was it consumer uh report and it did turn up a place where you can go fill out a web form. And uh, what it results in is I'll mail you a letter, and the letter contains a unique URL and a passcode, and in about a week, you'll receive that. Go in, and there's your report. Really? I thought it was interesting. My report was 240 pages long, and I thought, gee, what is so interesting about me that I have 240 pages of data? And uh, as I'm scrolling through it, it was nothing surprising. All my past uh, jobs, all my past addresses... um, (laughs) Some some name, misspelling names where they had it in, a, you know, or whatever. And then I get down to this area, and um, it's called Telematics, and it's under Vehicles. And I was like, well, I've never seen this before. And it just, I guess I should say this much. So I've owned three General Motors vehicles in a row. All of them have had this damn OnStar system in them. But not until the latest vehicle. Uh, I just purchased a brand-new 2022 uh, CR 2500 and um, not until this vehicle did it start reporting my activity and all the details about what I did as a daily journal every single day. You
0: are kidding me. It,
6: not at all. I was shocked and it's putting it into this uh, consumer file. And as far as I can see, there's no way to turn it off. Um, there used to be options when you logged into your report or into your on-store account to turn the sort of garbage off, but now it's not there anymore. And uh, you know, my full intention is to privately plate this vehicle and uh, drive it uh, that way. And uh, I think this is terribly problematic when there's a system in there trapping and logging everything that you can do. Furthermore, I went in and looked at some of the the the, the fine print and. Much to my surprise, there was an obligations section in there talking about oh. what my obligations are as Sur- an owner.
0: Surprise, surprise.
6: Right. It's, it's, it's things like it's my obligation to inform other people that may drive my vehicle that don't own it that it's in there and that they need to uh, basically conform to you know, the agreement that they put in place on me. So long story short... I went in and found out how to unplug this thing, and I ripped it out of my dash. Good for you. I don't know if that's possible in every vehicle, but it it is in this vehicle.
0: That's excellent. Um, John, what line of business? Let me ask you a question. Obviously, you're a pretty sophisticated guy. What uh, what line of work are you in?
6: Well, uh, I'm my own... Uh, private investor so i i day trade invest i don't do anyone else's money but uh so that's what i do i've been doing that for about the past eight years Uh but uh my career has been in it consulting so i've been in can can i
0: can we hire you on staff here
6: Oh, absolutely! You wouldn't even have to hire me. I'd be willing to help out with anything that uh, that you all need help with. Um, in fact, you know, the first thing that occurred to me when I was looking at the Matrix site is it's not a uh, secure site. And while there's nothing in there that probably couldn't easily be reproduced, it could be um, attacked. So, well, Paul, you know, I look Paul the like that.
0: Paul, a webmaster's here on with us. So <laughs> I'll put you two together. All right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to help. You're
0: hired. <laughs> So I'm
3: here. here.
0: Hey, Roger. All right. Hold on. Hold on, John. We got a couple of people wanting to chime in here for a second. Hold on for a second. Paul answered up. So I'll, I'll John send me another email if you would. And I'll put you and Paul together. Okay. Uh, who else yeah, is yeah. saying? Who was saying, Hey, Roger, there was it, Joe. Yeah, that was me. Hey, Joe.
3: Um, I, Cause I've had people reaching out to me about the WAPN saying that they're not getting it accepted by their employer and um there is um uh, a a code of federal regulations that that where this came from where that thing came from so it's uh it's twenty six c f r one point one four four one dash one
0: okay i want to also say john with this b e n thing and I did ask Joe the other day, does it have an o m b number which means has it gone through the hoops it has to jump through, and it does, okay? Which means okay. it's a, it's an official information-gathering request if it has an OMB number, okay? The
3: OMB number is 1545-1621.
0: Okay, there you go. So it's a legitimate form, okay?
3: Yeah, but in in that Code of Federal Regulations, it talks about foreign person. So well, the you, definition we, of... Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, so the definition of foreign person, according to 20, Title or 26 uh, Code of Federal Regulations, is any individual who is not a citizen or resident of the United States. There
0: you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, if you go, you know, I talk on here uh, occasionally about 1.1-1A. It's their jurisdictional statement there, an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents, et cetera. If you turn the next page – it's got a question in there, who is a citizen? And the answer is, anyone born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. It verbatim wow. quotes the 14th Amendment. So right, that, but, uh,
3: yeah. According to Black Law's Dictionary, persons in the 14th Amendment means corporations.
0: Well, it says if you go, to, it depends on which version of blacks you're looking at. If you go into person, one of the things it'll say is this term has significant or significant importance because it is mentioned in the 14th Amendment. OK. And yes, it can be a corporation, but it's not exclusively a corporation. It could be a trust, a partnership, uh, 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 an individual or other entities too. more misleading stuff. Uh, this is the key word, folks. Person. The key word. All right. And you gotta understand it's a legal person where you get your rights and to whom you owe your duties, and then you can read through that and identify that stuff. If you don't know that, like most attorneys and certainly all patriots don't know, you're SOL. You you're 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 urinating into a strong north wind, okay?
10: hundred and sixty nine pages in words and phrases on person.
0: There you go. How- <laughs>
10: Wow. <laughs> Nastasha,
0: Nastasha, you yeah, got your sorry. computer. You got your computer fixed, didn't you?
10: I well my fingers are crossed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we hear you today. Nastasha, Thank you. Nastasha, and I, I keep saying make this information yours, that kind of stuff. Nastasha has done a fabulous job of of being teachable. Okay? I mentioned words and phrases on there. Is not words and phrases a great set of books, Nastasha?
10: It is. Yeah.
0: Okay. How many pages are on person? Um
10: 169 <laughs> and that's counting that's counting front and back of one piece of paper. So, there and that's just on person because there's other um you know, other references to person. Okay. So again, just the word person alone. Again, you
0: know. I wouldn't know this if it weren't for John Benson. Okay. R plus D equals R. Nastasha, how important is that formula to internalize?
10: Um, it's very important. And, you know, the now that I've learned that, I see it everywhere. Yep. In a lot of the things that I'm reading at the law library. Yep. So, yeah. It's-
0: R plus D equals R. Rights plus duties equal remedies understand that formula and how it works, particularly in the word person. It's a person, a legal person is an entity to whom the law ascribes rights and duties. If you get your rights ascribed from the 14th Amendment and you agree with it, you owe the 14th Amendment and the federal government the duty. Okay? It's that simple.
10: What about And the also old- can you – I just like to always have you mention where – you get your definition of person from, from Gaius. John,
0: John, yeah, Gaius. This comes from Gaius, okay? Yeah. Have you gone and looked at Gaius? I mean, John
10: Benson, I know, yeah. but have also you, Gaius.
0: Nastasha, have you gone and looked at Gaius?
10: Well, unfortunately, I can't get into the city library. I can only get into the federal library. The city library is still, through our mayor, um, enforcing the medical face device. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So
0: even though the CDC has said it doesn't make any difference and and Deborah Burke got up there and said it was a scam.
10: Yeah. Yeah. Our, well, you see our mayor, Mayor Garcetti, he wants to be president. So what he is doing since his term is basically over, um, in November, um, he's termed out. So to me, what he's doing is showing his handlers. Look at, I'm willing to be a Trudeau. Yep. Yep.
9: Yeah. I'm your puppet. So
10: he's, he, yeah, he's showing I'm willing to be your puppet and break the law and, um, not be lawful. Yeah. He, he actually thinks city hall is his private castle because now you have to show your papers to even enter city hall.
0: Uh, These people think they're gods, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
10: Yeah. And I know that directly because there was a group of us that went there. And, yeah, there's like five to six LAPD, and they don't let you through.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to go back. You can't even
10: get into a public meeting.
0: Uh, absolutely. They they need to hang the yeah. son of a bitch, okay? Yeah. So Gaius, G-A-I-U-S, is how that's spelled, Gaius. And if you go look at it, there's some other, that evidently is a pretty common Roman name. But Gaius is the guy that's attributed with the, I'd say the invention, let's say the development of the law, okay? And the legend that John told us that was associated with him is that he came up with the law by putting marbles in his mouth and going over a smooth piece of water where he could get a reflection and talking to himself. Now, that's legend, okay? But if you go back and look at Gaius, Gaius wrote some books called Gaius' Institutes, okay? I guess the first book's really written on the law in Rome. And the whole first part of the first book or the first part of the institutes is all on the word person. You think it might be important? You think?
10: Very important.
0: Okay. So, John, I don't want to marginalize you. I think Joe was trying to say something. Joe, did you have something to say? I kind of cut you off. Uh, I mean, when,
3: was, well, it was it was just a matter of uh, using those the CFRs um, to like if someone's if like uh, someone's employer is like trying to deny them using the WAPN, just yeah. to say hey, look, I'm just trying to follow the law. Okay. It says it right here, right? Okay, so well, I you, put were you a, in the uh, chat here.
0: Oh, did you put the did you put the CFR d- designation the the regulation number in the in the chat?
3: Yeah, I put the, I put that one, and then I put a second one that I I mentioned probably like a couple months ago in here. Okay,
0: all right. Well, well, thank you, Joe. thanks, Roger. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Hey, I tell yeah, you, no. I tell you, who you need to thank, and she's probably listening. Is K?
6: <laughs> well, thank you all yeah
0: John how yeah, can we deal? Uh, you're you're obviously a sharp guy. I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you've done your homework before you even got on with us, and I just want to make sure we got all your questions and stuff addressed okay
6: yeah, I think that handles today. I plan to attend as much as I can in person, so thank you for uh for hosting and and having us much appreciated, Roger. Uh, it took me a moment. I did find the link to that LexisNexis file. I pasted it into chat. Okay. I would encourage anybody go grab a copy of it. I always like to know what people. Hey, have. listen, if the they're going to
0: give, if they're going to give you that free, I'd encourage all of you to do it too. So go to LexisNexis dot com and and you got a link in there. Uh, but the people that are listening on podcasts and stuff may not have access to that. So could you give us the information when you go to the LexisNexis website on how you initiate this?
6: um sure for anybody that's just listening in i can rattle it off because it's really short it's https colon backslash backslash consumer dot risk r-i-s-k dot lexisnexis and i'll spell that because i think that one's easy to misspell it's l-e-x-i-s n-e-x-i-s lexisnexis.com backslash request
0: Okay, there's two There's two sources that lawyers use, and they're subscription services, and they're fairly expensive. I don't know how much, how much they charge a year to join LexisNexis and access that data. John, do you know?
6: I have no idea, but I know it's a
0: – Well, it's a pretty penny, I promise you.
6: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and now Ralph, uh, Ralph Winterout, I know he had Westlaw. The competing service for LexisNexis is Westlaw and that's the so, west west publishing is who publishes blacks and all these different legal dictionaries and a lot of the Supreme Court reporters and all that kind of stuff is West Publishing. Yeah. Okay. And that's, so that's obviously see. owned by the Rothschilds. I'm sure LexisNexis is too. I'm just giving the the background for the audience. Roger. Yeah, yeah. Hold on just a second, Mike. So these two subscription services, this is why lawyers can get in front of their computer and they can put one word in and it'll go search all these Supreme Court cases for it. But they pay for yeah. that through the nose.
6: Okay. It's terrifying, though, because they tell you in, in here that they can sell this data to anyone uh, that's willing to buy it, and this includes tracking information on you. So imagine if you're being litigated and uh, the other party goes and buys the data and uh, can pinpoint to say that you were in X, Y, and Z locations on these given days. Um, when they can't even prove that it was you driving the vehicle. But,
0: you know, based okay. on terms now, of that. Okay, here, here's, a question I, here's a question I got for you. We're, we're, we're centering on vehicles right now. What about cell phones? What about 2,000 mules and how, how D'Souza came up with all that stuff that they're even validating in a court case now? That that was true, yeah. okay, so this is what the scam is is for you to get on all these sites where the computer or the cell phone can tap into all your data and they 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 uh, compile that data and go sell it to people. That's what this guy yeah. I heard talking about the other day, all these free apps, okay well, in behind it that you don't know with all these games and stuff is they're getting all this data and selling it on the side.
6: Oh yes. Nothing is free. If it's free, you have to wonder how they're paying for it right. paying for it with violating your you privacy. Know,
0: I had a uh I've got a friend down here uh that's a really interesting fella. And his name's Romero and he's half Ecuadorian and half US and his his family here in Ecuador is very, very political. His grandfather was a senator in Ecuador for forty years. Okay. And he's got a, he, he got some inheritance and he got some land and like a lot of people who, you know, the biggest export in Ecuador is flowers. Okay. One of the biggest flower exporters to the world. And so he got in the flower business and he found a very interesting niche, uh, it, because it's highly competitive. And so what he's done is because he's got these connections to the U.S., he grew up in the U.S. And he goes out with his long stem roses, particularly for one day, Memorial Day. And he goes out and takes the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and loads it with all the graves and stuff with long stem red roses. And then he sells the sponsorship to corporations, okay? So uh, really good guy, real solid, okay? And so uh, I knew they had to fly back and forth to the U.S. because of this business, okay? And he had to get the jab in the early days of this to get back into the States and do his business, and so he's he was on the Ecuadorian international squash team, all right? And In fact, he told me, he said, it was great because we'd always lose on the first day, and I'd have two or three other days in these great cities of the world, you know. <laughs> so he was in great tip-top shape. He got the jab, and now he's having heart problems. And uh, so I've been feeding him information as best I can. Uh, on it and so yesterday i had to go down to the mall i went down ate lunch after the show and i like to just get out of the house and have a cup of coffee and and all that stuff so i was down there having a cup of coffee and smoking a cigar and he comes up to my table he was there in the same little coffee shop in the mall and his son who's 13 and a real he's kind of tall he's a real real good athlete at 13 basketball uh, especially and they made him get the, the shot to get back into school, okay? So all three, the wife, the husband, Romero, and the son have all had the shot. And yesterday, he comes up to me at my table. He's sitting in there on the other side. I couldn't see him. He saw me, came over, and we were talking for a minute. And he said, well, I got a doctor's appointment, heart specialist tomorrow, and uh, they're probably going to send me to Columbia for a heart operation, and I know it's because of this jab. And it just breaks my heart, man, Okay? And he said, "It's the worst decision I've ever made in my life." He said, "I'd give anything if I could undo it." Here, here guy, probably in his late forties, early fifties, fit, great guy, highly intelligent, very sophisticated, and he's got this problem because they made him take this jab. Okay, just another story like Denise, you know, here earlier, just breaks my heart, you know, and uh, I. And I I keep He said you didn't take it I said I wouldn't take anything these bastards gave me Nothing I know who they are I know them too well Okay. Yes who's trying to say something female Who's trying to say something Well uh, Mike I hadn't got back to you So go ahead I believe it was
1: Denise right, hold on I
0: didn't get back to Mike I forgot him Mike come on you got something to add I know
1: yeah, uh, I ordered mine from Lexus Nexus.
4: It's got 24 pages. It's got conveyances that I haven't used in 30 years, jobs I haven't been in in 20 years. It had addresses I completely forgot
1: about. And it had so much information, it was unbelievable.
0: This Nexus Lexus report had cars that you owned 20 years ago on there? Yeah, it, it gets its report from
9: all four credit agencies.
0: Oh, okay. So they're using Equifax and the other bandits.
9: It's using the Faint the four main, and then there's twelve
0: minor. Okay, hold on, you're, uh, uh, Mike. You're, you're you're too close to the mic. Back off just a little bit. You're okay. There's It uses the four
1: main credit reports, and there's twelve minor credit report companies that get information.
6: Good
0: Lord of mercy.
6: Yeah, I have to think they're an aggregate of many, many, many data locations. Yeah. Um,
0: I got a funny story about Equifax there, John. When I was in Atlanta and teaching this stuff early and the tax stuff was about all I knew. And I had a a gal that had a lab there, um, the blood lab and stuff. And her, her boyfriend was a Canadian chiropractor. I can't remember her name. And so she got into this, and she's real aggressive, Type triple A Linus, okay? And so she gets, Equifax goes in and starts screwing with her credit report. And so she sues Equifax. And so when you sue, you get interrogatories, depositions, discovery, right? And so she's in deposition with Equifax. <laughs> and the very first question they ask her, does Roger Sales write your letters? Uh, in the deposition now. Okay. And she being who she was says, I'll have you know I write my own letters. Thank you very much. <laughs> so they've been on to me for a long time. All right. I'd love oh, a- it. I'd, I'd, I'd shiver. I bet looking at my. Nexus Lexus file would make you shiver like a dog passing a persimmon seed. Yeah. <laughs> go go ahead, Paul.
7: <laughs> um, I just want to let you know that Denise is uh, unmuted, so um, okay. we can finish up with her. Okay.
0: Good. John, I'm going to put you on the back burner Hello? for a second. Denise, is that you again, sweetie? Yes. Can you hear me? I hear you just fine.
8: Okay, fine.
0: Did you hear my anyway, answer? Uh, I'm... Did you hear my answer to you?
8: Yes. Okay. I did, but I, I'm looking
0: in the email, and I don't see a reply. I, well, yeah. I, know, I wrote you out once, uh, uh, you know, I because I you wrote in through the website, I remember. I, it seems like I got you through for, Sovereign to Serve.
8: Look in your spam.
0: Yeah, it could be in your spam. Hey, Murr.
8: Hey.
0: Okay, it's Denise. So, anyway, Denise, I don't think there'd be any backlash from you in your situation from doing this, Okay. And okay. part of the reason is because over eleven and a half years I've never heard of anybody having any backlash. That's part A. Okay. Part B is the feds are scared as hell of this. Okay? Because they can't do anything about it. And they've been caught. And so any time if they were to take some lady who's in a nursing home with MS and take away your benefits and get you kicked out of the nursing home because of it, you think that might potentially generate any publicity? i would make sure it did well they that's exactly what they don't want they don't want anything coming into any kind of public forum where this information can be brought out because they can't deny it they can't rebut it and they can't do anything but adhere to it or else their other option is to take the mask off and be total tyrants they're in a corner we put them in checkmate with one sentence on one piece of paper to one guy this powerful people that run the world can be stopped dead in their tracks with one sentence on one piece of paper delivered to one guy. How powerful is that?
8: Yeah, pretty powerful.
7: Very. Hi, Denise. Hello. <laughs> Hi, this, uh, this is Paul from Global Voice. You remember uh, me? Roger? Yes, Denise. Hold on. Uh, Go ahead,
0: sweetie.
8: No I was, I was a really good violinist before.
7: Yeah. I oh. mean I
8: could send you some of my, uh music files.
7: I'm sorry. Hey Denise do you still have the uh violin files that I recoded for recoded to 432 for you? Do you still have them? Uh,
8: you know I, I don't think so. I think that uh, that was a long time ago. Uh
7: yeah. Well, how long have we known each other? Like ten years, something like that, back from the global yeah. voice days?
8: Uh, I think longer than that
7: even. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, really? quite oh yeah, yeah, Denise. Yeah, we go way back. Okay. I just well, sent fantastic. you a note in Skype on. Huh? Uh go ahead and send me any file you want me to recode and I will do it and send it back to you in Skype, okay? Okay, so uh which e-
8: uh which email?
7: Uh, just send it to me in Skype on. Huh? Okay. Well I
8: forgot your last
7: name. Um Beener. B I E N E R. Roger
8: Beener. Yeah, Roger no, no, Beener. Paul. Yeah, Paul,
7: Paul, Paul. Paul Beener from Global oh, Voice Radio. Oh, Paul Beener. Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. I remember. I remember
0: now. Well, so that's okay. great. You two have had a relationship for a long time. That's wonderful. Glad you found us, Denise. Yeah. yeah. Um so. okay. oh. Hey, Roger. Hey, we'll get Bob. Let me make sure we get Denise taken care of here. Okay, Denise, did you have any other questions?
8: No, I'm intrigued. I want to do this. I just want to make sure that they're I have to live here, oh, I understand. and I, I can't be evicted. Although they've tried a couple of times.
0: Um, with, this is one thing I'd suggest you do, and Paul can you, you can send you the link to the website but if you want to hear a bunch of other because you've just been exposed to the john b wells stuff and we didn't even get through a little more than half of that okay so on the website are a number of other interviews with different people and other information and you need to spend some time on the matrixdocs.com and i think you'll be a little better informed okay
8: Appreciate that. Okay.
0: Well, we appreciate you, and I'm certainly sorry for your condition, especially somebody that was an accomplished musician has got to just rip your soul out not being able to do that anymore. Because I know how important music is to people like you. Yes, it was. yes. Thank and, you so much. I understand. You're welcome, sweetie. We're certainly glad to have you aboard, huh? Okay. Bob.
1: Yes, sir. Hey, Dan You
0: hear me? I hear you loud and clear, bro. How you doing this morning?
1: Good, good, good. Oh, I wanted to uh, come back from yesterday and apologize. What happens to me is I listen while I'm working.
0: Yes, we know.
1: And my vehicle, my vehicle, yeah, like that's a surprise, right? And my vehicle has Bluetooth and it hooks up. And if I walk <laughs> off a hundred yards behind something and I'm doing something and I come back, it steals the signal. Right. And that's okay. I figure out because I can't hear you, so I press it back. What, what also happens? When I get in it when it steals the signal and I just get in the vehicle it's automatically unmuted and I don't even think about it because right. I don't even realize what's happened right and then all of a sudden I realize you guys are talking about me because I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> so I just like to apologize to the board believe me it is not intentional it's an occupational for hazard the, I guess
0: for the new folks so I'll just apologies. give you a background this guy Bob's been with us for years okay uh micro and, yeah, micro micro effect?
1: Holy smokes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, the day I called the first time. I know the day I called the first time, but it's a it's a it's easy for me to tag because Sarge was on with you talking about the fact that he had just filed it Oh stuff.
0: boy, okay. That's a long time ago.
1: Yeah, it was a couple of years on a micro effect and you were you were still doing stuff with uh what's his name? Oh gosh. <laughs> marine.
0: Oh no don't don't even mention his name,
1: yeah, <laughs> him, yeah, anyway, so yeah, it goes back away I will tell you i've been there' uh, been I've people
0: you, you know, there have been people in our movement since I've been doing this that I just get well, they're just not what they appear to be, you know, and uh yeah. and unfortunately, he's one of them, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, in addition to that apology uh issued to the board and everybody in general. Um, bear with me if it happens in the future, because it probably will. Um, <clears throat> you were talking yesterday, and what I had called in about, or wanted to talk about, was the whole thing about California and its present uh, administration. How do you even describe it? Well, I mean, just its whole, <laughs> it's, it's the logic. Is, okay, here we go. Let me turn the radio down. There you go. The whole deal, just with the lack of logic, the lack of, you know, and I realize there's plenty of good people in California, no doubt, no doubt. There's a lot of rural areas. I mean, Samuel's out there. We love Samuel, etc. But you know, the administration, like you're saying, the the public face of California, administratively and politically, is just so, so out there. You know, to the point of mandating uh, in the future, we're not going to have electric era gas-powered vehicles but <laughs> you can't charge them either right we don't have enough grid i mean come on people is this kindergarten stuff or what did you hear anyway, the, the story there, was, did you
0: hear the story that uh tucker carlson had on this the other night the guy that runs uh, the, well the guy that runs the energy the pacific gas and electric pg and e out there is obviously okay. he's uh he's an edomite okay and mm-hmm. uh back last year they made a big announcement that california had achieved energy independence okay and with all the green energy input you know and so when you went into the store this is this is fantastic okay when he went into the story they used natural gas in their (laughs) environmental stuff, okay, that they were getting this reading from, and they were energy independent in April of the year when demand on electricity is low. They were energy independent for all of four seconds. There you go. And they make a big news splash out of it, and it wasn't even (laughs) energy independent because in the mix was natural gas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these people are just absolute liars, thieves,
1: charlatans—all
0: all of it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, the place that took me immediately was Ezekiel sixteen forty-nine and fifty. You know, it's 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 the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. The that's where. That's
0: exactly where, folks. That's exactly where we are. If you haven't been able to identify it yet.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: And then, I just wanted to state know, oh, oh, oh. Is that
10: Nastasha? Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to quickly state, along with what's being said, PG&E you often find out in a very small print, in a very, like, two sentences in a paragraph, that PG&E is responsible for a lot of these fires.
8: Oh, yeah. And
10: and they get um, and they admit it, they get sued, they pay a fine and a fee, but most of they don't upgrade their infrastructure and um and a lot of the money goes into their pockets. So but you often find out that they're the ones responsible for a lot of these fires. I, I yield. I yep. just wanted to add that. Yeah,
0: yeah, we we know that. And uh well, it, I it's sad. I feel yeah. so sorry for you folks out there in California. Daryl's on with us, he's stalking us. Go ahead, Bob, we'll get to you in a second, Daryl.
1: When I get back to the house, a lot of times in the evening, I'll put cast box up and listen to it while I'm doing other things. And, you know, I didn't realize that I had been over (laughs) talking over everybody (laughs) in the background (laughs) until I was listening to it last night. It's like, well, that's special. Gee, nice to be heard, right? So anyway, I was sitting there, and I, I get confused because I listen to it so much and, you know, try to stay on mute that a lot of times I'll be sitting there at the computer in the evening, and I'm listening to the flow of the conversation, and I want to jump in and say something, you know, not even consciously thinking I'm on the rebroadcast. It's just uh, interesting that you get in these little thought patterns. But I was very glad that, to hear, rather, when the whole thing came up about um, mothers and fathers. Notice I did not use the word parent. It's right. a legal term. I was happy to hear Daryl come in and say what he did about uh, Terence pottery. and of course, in locus parentis, you know, uh, very similar although not the same. Um, don't present yourself in these papers as the parent of a minor child.
0: Now you'll be mother and father. Tells
1: exactly, you are the mother and the father because the parent designates you as a guardian. It's well, a, colloquially it's fine, but legally you're you're setting yourself up to be wrong. And uh, mother and father is lawful, and parent is legal. There you the go. Law of the city.
0: Well, laws, I, I'm gonna law of the land. I'm gonna resurrect Rush Limbaugh here for a second. Words mean things.
8: <laughs> What's another yeah. word for father? Because it says in the Bible, Jesus has to call no man father, but he in heaven. So mother and daddy.
0: I think legally father of the child is probably the one to use Lisa, but I don't know. We can ask Brent well, tomorrow. We,
8: legally, we don't want it. We want lawful well, Roger.
0: Well, we got an attorney on with us tomorrow. We'll ask him. Be sure and ask him. Okay. Speaking of Brent, um, wait, uh, all right. All right. One go one ahead. Bob. Then,
1: I'll be, then go I'll be out of here. Uh, okay. The thing ahead. I wanted to mention also is. You often call for numbers, and I realize it's important, but let's not lose track of the story of Gideon. All right. God pared him down and right. pared him down and pared him down to right. 300 men, Right, and he didn't even give them weapons. Right. you remember what he had as war tools, a pitcher with a candle in it, and trumpets?
0: <laughs> well, I think you Ooh, know what I remember. What I know, re-
1: the point is he threw the Midianites into disarray. He has that kind of power. Right. We need to be willing to follow his lead. Now, I'm not saying numbers aren't important. I'm just saying that it is not the be-all and the end-all. The point I would like to make about the numbers is you're, I, I look at it as helping to salvage them, to save them, to get them so, on the right correct. side of history, Correct. more than to do God's work for him because he's going to handle it in his own way in his own time.
0: You know, the thing, I that, yield the, floor. Uh, the thing that I take away from the Gideon story that's always stuck with me is the way he selected the ones that he took. And if you'll remember, yeah. there was a large army, and, and, they, and he said, only get me the ones that look up while they're drinking. Yep. And you see, that's what you guys are. You're the ones that look up while you're drinking.
1: Be alert. The world needs more alerts.
0: Uh, so Lisa, we took care of you. I know Daryl's in the wings. Anybody else have something to say to wrap this uh, this segment up here? Roger. Yes. This Paul. Hey, Paul. This
2: one does. Ask John if uh, I sent you my uh, email address. If we could get together on that uh, plug on that new Chevrolet truck.
6: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, I'll give Roger my okay uh, email address
0: okay and you're you're in the atlanta area me yes
2: no i'm in oklahoma
0: oh okay okay but you can help him with that okay so oh, that's pa- it paul and john you guys need to reconnect with me and i'll put you together okay
6: sure. <laughs> thanks course. i'll send you i'll send you another email today Roger, okay and thank you can link up that way yeah thank, thank you, you
0: john okay and thank you paul um Okay, Daryl cleared for landing, right. taxiing to the
11: terminal. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm cleared to cruise and, uh, here we go. Uh, digging around a little bit today. Uh, and uh, you probably heard me bring up the term, uh, before called Numadent, Numadent, N-U-M. I D E N T NUMEDENT. Remember me saying it, talking about that before. It Roger? doesn't. Re- it doesn't register
0: with me. It's kind. Of, it's new this time. So okay. Well, ahead.
11: well, I'm. I'm going to make a. I'm. I'm going to make a point of it today. So, the NUMEDENT information tracking system was initiated in 1936, associated with Social Security application. It's internal record. NUMEDENT. Uh interestingly, um, it uh, it has all the records of everybody in every Social Security number since its inception and issuance. It's also uh an integral part of the process of record keeping and tracking your um, financial activities. It's it's a it's a dossier, internal dossier system on uh uh, the commerce of absolutely everybody that's been recorded. Wow! From the beginning, it's called Pneumident. Uh In order to buttress uh, this information, I'm gonna. Uh, I know Mers, maybe here, and uh, this is a pretty easy search for anybody here. I am that wants to. Uh, okay, if you if you just if you just go to your favorite search in and type in. Uh, set it's spelled just the way it sounds, N-U-M-I-D-E-N-T, print out. And, uh, it'll take you to, uh, directly to the website. It's a government website. And, uh, a screen will pop up and it'll say, do you want to view the form? And you go, yeah. I do. I want to see the form. Uh and it's a it's a printout request online of your NUMADENT record. And when you go there and you click on that and the PDF loads and you start to read through it, it says to the Social Security Administration, uh gives the address in Baltimore. It says to process your request for a copy of your NUMADENT printout. We need you to follow, provide the following information. So it goes through name, place of birth, date of birth, mother's maiden name, father's name, sex, blah, 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 Uh, mailing address, daytime phone number. Right below that, those boxes, it has a warning box, Roger. Uh huh. (laughs) We know about those. Okay. Now everybody, everybody on this call that has access to a computer can actually obtain what I'm talking about here in the next couple of minutes if they if they look for it. I'm gonna read you the warning box. <laughs> Are you ready? Here we go. It says I am the non resident human being and not statutory individual to whom the false record pertains. Or a person who is authorized to sign this letter on behalf of that party. I understand that any false representation to knowingly and willfully obtain information from Social Security records is punishable by a fine of not more than $5,000 or one year in prison. A non-resident human... yeah, it says I am the non-resident human being and not a statutory. Okay.
0: Individual. I, any, anybody listening on the podcast or listening here live, how many times have I told you the Social Security number is not a nexus to the system?
11: Well, I'm. This is. This is uh, why I'm sort of buttoning in here a little bit. So, I'm. I'm just trying to you know we we keep looking for we 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 keep seeing the squirrels and then we find their nuts right yep <laughs> this is this is this is one of those nuts and uh, uh I also was doing some digging and I went to the united states citizens immigration service website and it uh it has a uh, it has an article there for it's a written article by the United States uh, Citizens Immigration Service, and it uh, it, it makes its jurisdictional statement at the very beginning of this article. It says uh, United States citizenship can be defined as a status that entails specific rights duties and benefits, U.S. citizens owe their allegiance to the United States and are entitled to its protection. Is, 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 Roger, is that, is that, isn't that the sacred oath? Uh, it, well, it is. It's the oath of fealty right there in front of you, you know. Protection for allegiance,
0: allegiance for protection. Very rarely do you see it in the same sentence from these people. You know, yeah. here's the here's the sentence out okay. of the INA. Yeah. All nationals, a national owes total allegiance to a small estate. <laughs> you gotta understand the concept to be able to put protection in there and establish that's a
11: jurisdictional statement. Um So uh it's a very short article. It if you take out all the filler, there's actually about one page here. And uh, the article if you type in uh, "U.S. citizen versus U.S. national differences," it'll uh, it'll take you uh, directly to that article. Uh, and if I if I jump to the last paragraph, it says, uh, I, "I love it when the uh, when it's out of their own words." That's uh, the best. Citizenship can be seen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Citizenship can be seen as both a status and an ideal. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and sub and and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside, from the Fourteenth Amendment. And uh, th- there's, uh, you know, that last sentence is. Um, you know, a equivocation in the minds of, of almost everybody. They say, well, okay. And, and the state where I reside and they don't understand, comprehend. They don't. What the word reside means. Because if you're, if you're in the state and residing in there, then you're, you know, uh, seeking protection from uh, the federal, you're government a citizen of the United States and yep. you're alien. Yeah. You're alien to the state. Yep. So, uh, and, uh, so those those two little things uh, is uh, new information, uh, corroborating other information. Uh, one's new. One is a corroboration. So I thought uh, very good. Darryl? I thought you might find that interesting. And yeah, I just yeah. wanted to say, yes,
10: and I can't speak to it fully, but a friend of mine gained control of his Social Security um um, account, account, um, through the Nubinant records. And I've seen yeah. his documents and everything. I sat in on a meeting with him and, but I can't repeat it. I have to go back and re-listen to it again and talk to him further, but he gained control and he has. Um, a special legal form that they gave, to, or a special lawful form, a special form with ribbons, and um, that shows his ownership of it. So he claimed ownership of it, control. I just wanted to throw <laughs> that in there.
0: Uh, you know, this is a very interesting point, because John used to say when this came up, and he'd say, I don't have, an." what did you say, what's your Social Security number? He says, I don't have... A Social Security number, I have an account. They have assigned the number to that account. So it goes into this fine point stuff that you're talking about right there, Nastasha. Quite interesting. Also, uh, my recollection uh, from those seminar days and us discussing this at length at times was that when Roosevelt tried to get the Social Security Act passed the first time, the Congress shut him down. And he got it through via treaty somehow. They did an international treaty, treaty and that's how they got Social Security. <laughs>
11: right. Okay. So i like something to, add to the, the
4: only point. way the
0: federal. <laughs> Do, Joe, what were you going to say? Joe had a comment. Well,
3: real quick, if you look on the back of the Social Security card, it says that it belongs to the Social Security Administration. Right. So even the card is not yours.
0: Right, and it says on the front in red letters this is not to be used for identification, too, doesn't it?
3: That's right. Yeah, uh,
11: this is so this it. is the point. Uh, I'm going to use this as a buttress to a point I've been trying to make for a number of years now. Uh, you have an account. What if you'd had an account at Principal Life Insurance Group? How about if you'd had an account at MetLife? How about if you'd had an account with any number of other uh, corporations, and you you uh, had established uh, 20, 30 years ago an annuity. Right. That's basically what it is. This is a yeah, – if, if you've met the 40 quarters in terms and conditions of that commercial contract of what is an annuity through a corporation, you're vested. And it's not a benefit. It's right. not a benefit. Right. Now, if, if you are, if, if you are any number of other people who happen to be here and have fallen under the public charitable trust application of the political society known as the United States and its corporate welfare program, then it is a benefit. Okay. <laughs> if you didn't contribute anything to it, it's a benefit. Okay, those people oh, are getting a benefit. Oh, oh. You okay. Roger, All right, great. great. You great. Roger. Thank are you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. There's the line of demarcation. If you haven't contributed and you're not vested and you get funds from it, it's a benefit. If they you're drawing off what you contributed, it's not. It's your money they're using.
6: Roger, I'd like to add one other clause I found regarding this Nubigen record. I've never heard of it, but I just did a search. I have a document in front of me, that, and under the the, the privacy uh, records, first of all, it says this is not a Freedom of Information Act request under 5 U.S.C. 552, but this is the better part. I am attesting, under the penalty of perjury, under the laws of the United States of America, 28 U.S.C., 1746-1, and from without the, and I quote, United States unquote that I am the only human being who could possibly be described by the erroneous and false records request, even though okay, they're s- being illegally maintained. So is that not saying right you, there that you, you, they're well, separating the United States from the United States of America?
0: Absolutely. I want to go back to what you're talking what could this the code section. 1746? Yes. You know what that is? No. That's the two jurats. There's two penalties of perjury, two penalties of perjury. One says, I solemnly swear under the laws of the United States. And the other one says, I do solemnly swear under the laws of the United States of America. Those two, and one's called within and one's called without. And those are the two penalties of perjury that are in the United States code at that section code, code and section you just quoted. That's 28 U.S.C. 1746. That's what that is.
3: Okay, I'm I'm actually very confused about that because um, it, it said, the wording of it, I have it in front of me. It says, if executed without the United States, Correct. And it says, I declare under the laws of the United States of America. Correct.
0: What's confusing? Executed, well,
3: I mean, are they talking about? Well,
0: let me tell you where they got this from, okay? And I, it stuck with me because I remember the phrase years ago, and it just, one of those things just stuck with me, you know? It came straight out of the Slaughterhouse Cases. Slaughterhouse Cases, the first Supreme Court case, 1871, that went and looked at the 14th Amendment. And it's talking to the French butchers. It's going, well, what you've got is without the United States of America. Bring us something within the United States of America, and we can look at it. What they're talking about is that was exclusively in the state of Louisiana, and it was white butchers that were trying to take the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment to the Supreme Court. And that's the first place I ever saw that within without. Okay. Now they've taken that phrase from that court case and they're applying it here.
11: So, so what happens, uh, Joe, everybody else is in uh, Brown versus Board of Education, they made the presumption that everybody's brought within.
0: Right. That's how they made the two statuses equal. They couldn't pull off the scam until the two statuses were equal, and they could only ask you one side of the question to get your agreement to fulfill the second legal test and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That's what's going on here. Ding, ding, ding. So one of them means within the federal United States, Joe, and the other one means outside of the federal jurisdiction. That's because why that's it has just, that's why the only difference in those two are the words of America after United States.
3: Right. So the that's just the federal jurisdiction versus the, the state
0: the, versus the state jurisdiction. Oh, na- the,
3: versus the national
0: jurisdiction. Let's use that term.
3: Okay. Okay. That works better.
0: All right. So good find, John. Thank you.
10: Um I just wanted uh, to state in relation.
0: We're going to let Nastasha go. Nastasha?
10: Well, I just want to state in relation to, um, what you and Daryl were mentioning and in regards to the quote account. Um, I have, I obtained one of my CUSIP numbers for one of my social security accounts. How um, many, how many? Accounts? Directly, directly, directly from Fidelity Investments. Okay. I, I have the printouts. So going forward from there, that's another story, but I just wanted to state I do have that printout from Fidelity with my CUSIP number for the social security account. Um, to my understanding, there can be more than one CUSIP number, but it's quite, it's quite stunning when you actually see it. And I used to have an account with Fidelity, so I'm going to be talking with them. I'm putting my questions together. But that does exist. That's yeah, all I no,
0: wanted no, to I know, say. I, I know it. It does.
10: it does exist. You know, and I <laughs> and don't to go actually off see it.
0: I, I haven't it's, gone it's off. It's quite interesting. I haven't gone off and studied that. I don't bring that stuff up here.
10: I know because I know.
0: we're. Con- I'm concentrating on getting you educated and getting you out of the system. Okay? I know,
10: but just since I just wanted to add that in regards to what daryl and you were talking about in regards to drawing off from the account there really is a real account out there yes <laughs> or accounts right. so and i'm gonna I, tell I, you I, uh, feel, I just want uh, to say i i see it it's my papers in front of me uh, with as, fidelity. as i've said
0: so. many times i'm very grateful for social security and now that i'm of that age and all the things it's been able me to do over these last 12 years without having to sell gold to live you know and I would have never saved a penny of that money when I was in my 20s and 30s. All right. So realistically, I'm very grateful for it. All right. But I'm, uh, there's people that aren't, and I can understand their reasons too. And especially you people that are younger that are going to see, you may see some of it, but it's going to be hyperinflated by the time you get it. Roger. Yes.
2: I, uh, I'm, I just started Social Security back in May myself. Now, uh, when you're talking about a benefit versus a uh, a,
0: a, a, a legitimate draw,
2: yeah, um, how's taxes work on that?
0: Well, you've got, you've got a I ceiling mean, on. You got to to be taxed on Social Security. You've got to get above a ceiling. And I don't twenty right, thousand dollars yeah. or whatever it is a year. I don't know, but it's in that range. It's it's a low range. But then you would have tax obligations if you were a citizen of the United States or a resident. If you're not, you don't.
2: Even if you break that ceiling,
0: correct? Okay. That's why you may want to, well, if you cover the IRS, they're the ones that are going to be responsible for that. But here's the thing that came up about Social Security here during COVID. Because they floated, you know how they try and scare everybody, right? And they floated, Joe Biden came out and said, if you don't get the jab, we may stop your Social Security payments. And that's when I said it's probably best to send an a notice to the Social Security Administration, too. But that was just a scare tactic. They really couldn't have done that. They don't have the power to do that. And so it's kind of moot at this point. But that was when I suggested people notice, uh, social security. Now I can tell you this. When I opened my account, Paul, I was in Argentina. Okay. And if you're in a foreign country, you got to open up your account through the embassy. And that was the problem was you got to have an active passport and mine had been stolen by another American. Okay. So I had to go through all that garbage, getting another passport before I could go apply to social security. But I submitted my affidavit with my application to social security. Never heard a peep out of them. Been getting checks for 12 years.
2: Never filed.
0: No, I hadn't filed taxes since 1993. Come on. Her.
2: Okay. I've got, yeah, I put my notice in last August. With both IRS and state no, notified, secretary of state, so have you Have
0: you notified the Oklahoma authority, Sue Paul?
2: No, I've got uh, like twenty-five envelopes going out <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I'm hitting, you know, the the state guy, uh, all the district attorneys in the counties I go into. Highway Patrol, county sheriffs, this you know city attorneys and chiefs of police and
0: folks. Do you understand what we've got here? Have, have you internalized how scared they are? of This.
2: Yeah, I've been mulling it over for a couple years now. And so. the
8: coroner, Hey, listen, I got to ask a couple things here real quick, and one of them is uh, I'll get two second second is because somebody in the chat room is talking about just what Paul was just then but we're always told you know you don't reside you're not a resident so what are some other terms domicile yeah well you can abide at your domicile or an abode okay right. now Paget says she's a dweller so right. there's different terms you can use there's another John, one let
0: me throw another one in here for you I'm just a sojourner
8: yep sojourner's good Yeah. And uh, John in the uh, chat room wants to know about uh, cover letters for the agencies.
0: Okay, it's very simple.
8: How it be worded.
0: Okay, very simple. You don't have to do much work. The the less you say, the better. Okay, but it depends on whether you're talking about a federal agency or a state agency. I guess to some extent, but especially in the state, on the cover letter, let's say to the IRS. Okay. That's the one most people want to deal with. They don't have other agency problems, or at least we don't hear about them very much. Everybody wants to get out of the IRS. So once you file with the Secretary of State, you come back and take a copy of that affidavit. You get the address for IRS. The main one there in D.C. is the one I'd suggest. There's, you know, You could send it to a service center or whatever probably. But at the top, this is what's important. You want to put lawful legal notice probably in bigger font, bold, okay? And underneath that, you want to put not to be considered or construed, however, whatever word you want to use. But the important message to get to them is this is not a filing. Not to be considered a filing, not to be construed as a filing, whatever else. Now, there's a reason for that. And Shane, if Shane's still on with us here today, is the reason. Okay. When I first started coming on to these ideas and concepts, I talked about it on the show. Shane was listening. He goes, I'll do it. So he sends his little notice off to Ogden, uh, Utah, the service center that covers the West Coast, and they sent him back a $5,000 frivolous filing penalty. Now, that, if this isn't a, a filing, is a 1040 form. This is legal, lawful notice. And so by putting that at the top of your cover letter, you take that one defense they've got left away from them. So legal lawful notice or lawful legal notice not to be considered or construed as you could put both words in there, not to be considered or construed as a filing, and then you simply tell them, Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence. It's important to use that phrase. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence now on file with the Secretary of State of the United States of America. Please adjust your records, your actions, and your agents' actions accordingly. See, that's not difficult. Okay? That's all you need to put in there. Now, when you're going to the state agencies, it's a little different. Because they're in your state, and you're going to lock them together under the laws of agency, okay? Technically, the IRS is not a government agency. They're a quasi-government agency, pretending to be one, okay? But over here in the state, these offices are all under the laws of agency. So you want to notice the primary guy is the attorney general of the state. And you want to put at the bottom copies of the local people you want included in that. We suggest district attorney, chief of police, sheriff, and public health official in the county. And at the top, you put lawful legal notice. And then you put this phrase, notice to the principal is notice to the agent. And you just reverse it. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. What you're doing there. Is you're locking them all together on that document under the laws of agency. So now the attorney general's been put on notice, the other people have been copied. If your district attorney, for instance, you get a speeding ticket, and that DA dockets that case after he's been put on notice, he's acting outside of his delegated responsibilities because he can't assign that to you. You've told him you're not that, and you're not responsible for those types of man-made laws. If he does that, he's now violated his oath of office and his delegated responsibility. And because he did it, and they're locked together with agency, now the attorney general's just as guilty as he is. They've both lost their cloak of immunity, and they both become personally liable. Roger, if I may. Yes, Charlie.
4: Yeah, um, uh, Mer, I'd like to piggyback on what you said about the, the term, again, resident, um, you know, because that really, you, you have to look at the other definitions of, of abode um, because they've got you locked in on that one, so you have to be really careful. But the like what Roger is trying to do with us is um, aid us in understanding um, what that term is. Um, because it's not physical residency, and if I may, um, I, I'd like to. I did this for a friend of mine that's having some issues here in Colorado, and um, what I did is simply put this this one phrase. And I'll use Colorado as an example. The state of Colorado, that's the fe- is a federal enclave. Correct within the exterior boundaries of Colorado state. It's so simple. I remember she she um, picked up the phone and called me. And she said, "What are you trying to say to me? Um, it, it's not possible for you to be within um, the the state of whatever. Okay, it's just not possible." And the other thing I know I said this about a month ago um, is that Albert um, Einstein uh, quote: um, "The distinction between past, present, and future is a stubbornly." persistent illusion we are continuously evolving every second so how could you reside i yield
0: uh if you want to look at that term simply look at its origins from ambassadorial law and the example i use you know the uh, ecuadorian ambassador gets caught at dulles airport with a kilo of cocaine in his diplomatic pouch what do they do with him They put him on a plane back to Ecuador because by treaty he's in residence. And that means the laws of the U.S. don't apply to him. The laws of Ecuador do. So when they're asking you that question technically from the origin of the term, ambassadorial law, they're simply asking you what system of laws do you live under? Now, you could get more technical, and you could say because it's in the 14th Amendment, that means you're residing in a state, and you're asking protection from the federal government. Here's our allegiance for protection again. You're asking protection from the federal government against any actions, the new federal citizen that the state's going to bring against you in the state. And you're, there's the formula: allegiance for protection, protection for allegiance. I'm asking for protection, even though you don't understand that. Okay, and so you automatically owe them allegiance, and you're automatically under their system of laws. There's the jurisdictional nexus. Is that is that clear, Charlie? Is that clear to you?
4: A- absolutely, and, okay. and I, I I can't resist this. Okay, the, uh, there is no duty to protect. So get that illusion out of your heads, guys, okay? The Constitution or the Supreme Court, (laughs) whatever you want, um, has ruled several times on that. Just look at the past decade, two decades, even going back to Columbine from Colorado. Sure. Okay, the Supreme Court has ruled there is no duty to protect. That's
0: right. That's right. Now, that has changed from the old peace officers to the new police force and that's another evolution here along the trail uh we got whistling in the background that means we're done for the day uh want to welcome denise thank you for joining with us john really great to have you aboard i have a feeling we're going to see more of you and uh all of you new folks I hope you get it. today's a very productive show. We covered a lot of really important ground, so it may be over your head. Go back and listen to the uh, archive, and listen to it, and listen to it, and listen to it till you get it. Okay. Uh, I will put this, uh, the straight info on David Strait video for the podcast folks at the end of today's show description. And I would encourage you to not only watch it, obviously, but if you've been involved in those circles, get this to anybody that you know of from those circles. And let's get the charlatan exposed. Okay. He, he's taken a lot of people down a lot of bad roads. He's got a lot of people in jail and he's getting a lot of people in trouble. Okay. So the more we can spread the word on this clown the better. Uh Jimbo, you right there ready to take over? Yes sir, I am. Okay. All right, we're just about the mother earth swallowing us right now and we're going to lay our bodies down.
8: And Hit those record buttons, Sarge. That
0: means we're That means we're out of here for the day.